0: Welcome back to Sex Talks Podcast with me, your host, Salman Dasilohenda Iyambo. As always, I'm super excited to be here with you and I'm beyond grateful that you chose Sex Talks Podcast once again. If you are a first-time listener, welcome to the Sex Talks Podcast family. Here, we are all about creating an informed and educated society of young people who can openly have discussions on sexual health matters while sharing their personal experiences and hearing from experts in the field. In our previous episode, we covered conversations around sexual conversations in an African household, both from a female and a male perspective, which then also brought us to an episode that spoke on contraceptives. And in today's episode, we are going to be focusing more on access to sexually productive health rights services for young people, particularly those in institutions of higher learning. But before we can get started with today's episode, I would like to thank our sponsors that made these episodes possible the United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, popularly known as UNESCO, under the O3PLUS project, which is a project that is working towards ensuring that young people in higher and tertiary institutions in the East and Southern African region are informed about their sexual reproductive health and rights. This then also includes conversations around gender equality, unintended pregnancy, gender-based violence, HIV and AIDS, and many other topics that we are passionate about on Sex Talks Podcast. So without any further ado, let's get started with today's episode. Joining us in studio today is Karina Eta. She is the Technical Director and Head of Programs at One Economy Foundation, and they recently launched a hashtag BeFreeYouthCampus. And Karina will be sharing with us more information about this recently launched campus campus as well as the diverse services that it offers. Good afternoon, Karina. How are you doing? Afternoon, Salma. I'm great. How are you? I am okay. It's a bit hot and chilly. I don't know. The weather is in between there, but I'm doing great Mm. and I'm super, super excited and honored that you decided to join us in studio today. And I'm particularly happy about the recently launched center. I've been there in a massy. Yeah, guys, I'm amazed. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a time to be a young person from Namibia. Like, I'm so glad that we have such, and you're going to be unpacking that for us today. So, can you please tell us more about yourself before we move into the center itself? Apart from you being the technical director and doing everything for the youth, who exactly is Karina beyond this titles or before this titles?
1: All right. Thank you for that very interesting question. <laughs> So as you mentioned, I'm Karina Ita. I am <clears throat> years old and I am at the One Economy Foundation. But besides that, um, besides me working for the youth, trying to empower the youth to the best of my capabilities, I am also a baker. I enjoy entrepreneurship, so which fits in perfectly with our youth pillar at the foundation as well. I have actually been in agriculture for eight years before I came here. Yeah, we were in consulting and training, and then I ended up here doing SRHR, working with a youth dream job, pretty much.
0: (laughs) Wow, guys. I I didn't know that she was into agriculture, but wow, guys, (laughs) that's a story for another day. But today we are particularly going to be focusing on the center. So can you tell us more about this recently launched Youth Campus and what it, it entails?
1: All right. So the Beefy Youth Campus has was officially launched on the 1st of September of this year, Spring <laughs> Day. Um, mm. So the youth campus was actually the brainchild of all the different dialogues that we had over the years since 2016. So when we spoke to the youth, the youth told us that what they are missing now is a safe place for them to hang out after school, be with your friends. That doesn't include drinking or partying. They just wanted a, a safe space for the youth to be able to come together and actually have different activities that don't, don't include substance abuse. So when it comes to our campus, we currently have two buildings right now. The first building is our Be Free Cares, which is our uh, clinic. Mm-hmm. So our center allows people from the ages of 13 until 30. Um, so as long as you're between those ages, people can apply through a membership system. So we can't just have it open currently for everybody as this is our learning stage. So what we're doing is we're having um, the youth come in, register, fill in some um, information that we need, and then they will get then a little, almost like a campus card for them to be able to make use of our services. And these services range from either seeing a psychologist, seeing a doctor, having minor procedures done to them because we do have a procedure room. We do have a counseling room, we we'll have different social workers on site, youth, youth officers. So that is our clinic uh, part of it where young people can also then access STI tests, HPV tests, as well as different contraceptives. So they're going to have like
0: a student card kind of thing. and Pretty much. So do you have like an online place where they sign up for this application or do they specifically just have to be on that campus?
1: So currently, as of next week, Monday, they will be able to get the application forms from our campus. They'll fill in the forms. If they need help filling them out, we'll help them fill it out as well. Then they'll have a picture taken to make sure that this is actually your card because we need the same members to come back. Um, So it's a yearly, it's a yearly, the card is on a yearly basis. You just come renew free of charge. You're only charged if you do lose the card because you know we need to replace it. Um, however, yeah, so the people will be coming um, to the site, filling in the forms. We're still working on a unique QR system, which will be put onto our One Economy fa- um, sorry, <laughs> website page. And then people can uh, fill out their information on there, which then gets automatically transferred to their membership details. Then all they have to do is come pick up the card.
0: Wow. I'm just here, guys, and I'm like, I'm super excited. On Monday, <laughs> the first thing I'm going to do in the morning is run to that center. Guys, <laughs> be like me. Or better yet, do better and make sure that you do check out that and you're able to make the application. So we see how thus what is this prototype stage actually goes. So apart from now, uh, this clinic, um, uh, what is this component of the center? Mm-hmm. What are the other two components that you guys have? In so the
1: currently the other building that is done is called the Innovation Hub, right next to the clinic. Mm-hmm. They will, uh, people will be able to take part in different AI systems, different training courses. We have some e-sports, which we had our first one on Friday. It was so much fun, <laughs> you should have been there honestly. So it's, uh, it's our STEM component. Uh, we will, We are partnered up with NOI Coding, um, who then also teach our kids on the different um, coding systems that are there. So that is pretty much our futuristic hub. And wow. then the third hub, which will only be finished being constructed um, late 2024, early 2025, is our training hub, where people will be able to come attend different training courses, where we train frontline service providers, or we'll have an internal um, kitchen So it's like a portable kitchen, pretty much, where we'll be teaching people how to cook, how to bake, how to make their own bread, and also just pretty much like a break-even analysis on how to keep their businesses going. So that'll be our third hub, which is the training hub.
0: Okay, guys, for those that really know me well, I suck at cooking. (laughs) So guys, even more reason for me to be adding to the center so I get the cooking. But then in terms of now those skills, is it something that is going to be the intake from the ones that are registered or is it specifically going to be what is this, a call for application that goes out separately in terms of engaging in these two hubs that then have the trainings that happen?
1: Mm, so like I mentioned, we're for, it's, a, it's a prototype stage for now. So we will be accepting the people who are members. But our membership system goes up to 5,000 people. So it should not even be a problem at all. So it will be based on the members. However, if you're not a member and you'd like to take part, you'll have to then come to the site, and then you still have to fill in the forms though, and then you can attend our courses. This is the only way that we can keep uh, track, research purposes as well, about what you've attended, what your interests are, because this could also help people with their career choices, just about the the interests that they've had, so that we can also keep track of how to help them best. What's guys?
0: (laughs) what a time to be a young person living in Namibia and specifically if you're living in Vinduk, make sure to be part of those 5,000 people to be the first (laughs) ones to register and be sure to run it with the center. So what, because if there's one thing you've mentioned as you come from different sectors and you've been into agriculture for eight years, but then you're now here with SRHR, why do you think that it's important for young people to have access to SRHR services particularly, and you can also then reflect back on the center because ah, I think I'm obsessed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think mostly it comes from empowerment. It's important for the youth to know about their different SRHR. So the best time for people who are, especially people who are active, is to know about their STI tests to see about what is affecting them. Um, so the only way they were able to find this out is if we do give that information about how to use condoms, how to use certain type of contraceptives, what contraceptives are good, what contraceptives are, are bad. You know, instead of having it this little shunned conversation that you have with under closed doors. So. Our thing is that the youth need to be empowered in order to make their own decisions about their own bodies. Um, It also just brings equality to the point where you can also decide this is the stage where I'm ready to have kids. You know, instead of you just following whoever you're following and then you end up pregnant at 16, you know, it's best that you have your own information where we share information with you. We We actually bring people to our courses as well who have lessons learned so that people see what actually happens um, to the people who have children earlier, you know. So, like, we try and make sure that we give you that open platform to make your own decisions, the correct decisions, so that your life could also just be more fulfilled when you get older.
0: Wow. Guys, it is there's one thing I'm forever... Y- grateful for as the fact that I got exposed to this information at such a tender age. And I'm super, super grateful that there's a bigger part, uh, platform that allows other young people to actually get this information. So we have uh, what is this, a huge number of empowered youth. And the one thing that I also want to find out is I was looking at the center, I'm looking at the building and I've been around, but I've never seen a center of that sort. <laughs> so what is the inspiration behind this youth campus?
1: The inspiration was the youth. We've had dialogues with over 150,000 youths from different countries and different continents, and they've all said the same thing. They all want a safe space for them to be able to meet up with each other, and also they want a safe clinic where they don't feel judged by the nurses when they come in. They just want to feel welcomed. And that's what we want to do. We want to empower them. We want them to feel safe. We want them to have that one spot where if you tell your parent, I'm going to the b Youth Campus, your parents are not going to be like, oh, you're lying. You know, they're going to be like, have fun, my child. I'll see you at five. (laughs) So that is what, that is the inspiration. It's the youth. We just created this for the youth.
0: There's one component I love, the fact about this, what is the services that you bring together, is the fact that nobody is ever going to know whether I went to the ICT hub or I went for an STI test, or I mm-hmm. actually went to go get, what is this, um, to get contraceptives. Mm. Or I actually went for a cooking training with, what is this, with one of the people from the center. So it's amazing how we are not going to be stigmatized because of this. Exactly. So let's speak about the location of the center because mm. we are speaking about the center and our, what is this, our listeners are probably wondering, where can I find the center? So where are you guys located and why that specific location?
1: We are at the Katitura Multipurpose Youth Center, just right in front of it. You'll see a nice little big building. It's a Ministry of Sports, Youth and National Services. And they'll placard written, Be Free movie Campus. <laughs> so why are we in the pretty much the heart of Fintuk? Because we wanted to bring the services to the people. You know, because like I said, we target mostly not just people who are financially secure, but people who come from... Unsecure backgrounds as well. So what is the point of having an extravagant facility for them if they can't reach you? So we decided we're going to put it right in the heart of Kadutura, surrounded by seven schools close by who we've already been talking to. They actually built part of the wall of the youth campus, by the way. So um, we made sure that it can be accessed by everybody. It shouldn't be a struggle to get there. Um, so we decided to put it in the center so that people can at least access straight after school and they can still safely walk back home after 5 o'clock.
0: How will this b free Youth Campus provide enhanced support for university students, seeing that there's a lot that is being done for high school learners, as you have mentioned, that you have engaged with these high school learners? But then the one thing, and I personally also have observed this, is the fact that from high school you have life skills mm. and you have those um, pro- uh, what is this, it's dreams, not dreams, it was your window of hope, window of hope <laughs> back then <laughs> yes. that actually is there for those high school learners. But the students, nothing really happened for them and their transition from high school and university becomes a challenge in terms of SRHR. So how then do you cater for those university students?
1: So currently, we have a Break Free and Be Free Society at UNAM. Um, the team is still working on getting into nas at IUM. so we're still getting to the different other universities, but currently we are at Unamin campus we do have information sharing days where um the camp the society people come to us and then they pitch their ideas on what they wanna what they wanna uh, give the lessons to on the campus we approve um we'll give them our branding we make sure that they have enough just for like small little refreshments mm-hmm. but currently we are only at um at UNAM main campus. We're still working on the rest. However, we're also in partnership. We're talking to UNAM to partner up together. Um, Different fun ideas, activities. I'll let you know if you invite (laughs) me for your next podcast, but we have partnered with them as well and to help empower the youth, which I'll talk to you more about in a later stage. However, yes, we we are trying to have more societies on each campus, in different campuses, so that if the people can't attend our um, info sessions or our dialogues, that at least at the campuses that they can have information when it's much needed.
0: Oh well, I know you said those to happen at a later stage, but then what <laughs> I'm more curious about is in terms of service delivery, will you guys be doing some sort of community outreaches and taking mobile vans to the universities, or is it just going to be the guys are based on that on the campus and they have to come to you?
1: No, no, no. So we will be. Um, we do have a mobile van already, actually, with our eye free team. Um, so the other ones who actually go up in the north, so they're in Ohangwe now, Musati region, they have activations there. And they give us uh, contraceptives, mostly the implants, and then they also just keep records for us to see exactly how many people uh, were were treated, how what services are needed, what are the challenges. So they write us reports every month so that we can give access to that side. So we're currently also in the process of um, getting a mobile van from our side so we can also be more mobile. and We can go to the different schools and have different activations.
0: Wow! Don't think that the center and the Be Free Youth Campus is only focusing on people that are based in Windhoek rather the commerce region. It's also available in various parts of the country. So please, when you see the event, run to them because they are <laughs> there for you and they are going to be providing you with the necessary services that you need. But before we can move on to the uh, what the rest of the questions, let's take a quick commercial break to thank yet some of our sponsors that made this episode possible, which is the Namibia Media Trust, popularly known as NMT and D W academy those two institutions hosted a podcast boot camp in 2022 which brought together individuals from around the south african region with the aim of training them on podcasting at the end of the training we received seed funding to come up with prototypes and bring our ideas to life and that ladies gentlemen and others is how sex talks podcast came to life so let's go back and hear more about the b Free youth campus and in terms of what is this um consultations that you've had in bringing this idea to life, what are some of the challenges that young people face in terms of accessing health services in Namibia? Because I see that you've really tried very hard to have engagement with all young people from across the country and even beyond. So what are, let's say, three or four of the most challenges that young people face in terms of accessing the services?
1: So I would say the first one is mostly stigma. Um, we've heard from a lot of the youth that I when mean, they do go to this, um, the clinics for... SIHR services of just contraceptives in general they're turned away by the nurses because the nurses there's this thing where they're saying that if I give you contraceptives you're going to sleep with my husband you know stuff ah. stuff like that <laughs> to the point where the child has nowhere else to go the child will still have sex that's what these people don't understand the children will still have sex whether or not you provide them with contraceptives or not and then there's a very high um, teenage pregnancy rate and then they want to be confused of I don't know why Hence, why with our with our break free pillar, we're actually doing multiple trainings of frontline service providers to give them more information, just to just to help them understand more on why these children need to have that access for. So our I break free team is doing so our break free team is doing an amazing job in giving the trainings. Um, another problem that we've had is having information; the access is too far. So what a lot of people did complain about is they don't actually know what their local hospitals or clinics offer because it's a far distance to go to them. Hence why we have that idea of the mobile van. So we brought that mobile van out there so that it can reach the schools. So it's not just a mobile van and it's parked randomly. We do also communicate with the teachers and have the mobile vans at the actual places so that the children can then have more access to it. So it's the information sharing, it's the stigma, which is really bad. And then another thing is we're also very inclusive. Um, we've had conversations with Unitrade, with Special Olympics, um, just to talk about what issues do they face in, in, in clinics. And then when we had a conversation with Unitrade, they told us it's the fact that they don't, they can't hear so they only do sign language, and there's usually no one there who can assist them with sign language. So if they go there and they're lucky and they find someone, they they get helped. But if they go to that area and there is no sign language interpreters, they are forced to go home. So when we asked the woman, when asked did she go for a a checkup? She said it's been a couple of years, because there's no point. What's the point if no one understands what she needs anyways? So what we did, our entire new staff was trained on sign language so that everyone at the center has at least basic sign language to be able to understand what is wrong, what is the problem. And also we're actually in the process of recruiting uh, an intern who can speak, who can do sign language as well, to come be on the center and just to be on a lookout for someone who needs the assistance the most. So that if they're comfortable, we just sign a little indemnity, just a confidentiality indemnity, that person then can go in in the doctor's practice with that person or to the psychologist with that person and knowing very well that the information is safe, it's confidential. This person will not be speaking about uh, the problems that they hear about the person. So we try to be very inclusive on that aspect as well. So the youth have told us about ma- many various problems and we are trying to solve each and every single one of them, but those are some of the ways that we're currently doing it right now.
0: Wow. When we speak about inclusivity, we are describing the B Free Youth Center because This is interesting and it's a fact that we usually do not have sign language interpreters or anyone that is actually able to help other young people walk around the clinics. And often at times, yes, we find those that actually try to meet us halfway and write it down and everything else, but then it makes the process longer and the chances of being discriminated higher. My jaw keeps dropping. (laughs) And I'm amazed because every time I keep hearing more about the center, I feel like perhaps I need to migrate and live closer to this center. It's
1: never ending. Maybe we should start accommodations soon. (laughs) No, really. There is a
0: need for that. And I'm not sure. I just want to confirm because the last time when I was uh, checking up on this youth center, there was, um, notice there's engagements that speak of having a satellite campus. In Okuriangava, how is that going to be work? Or oh, is that already operational? So maybe I can camp there that is much <laughs> closer. <laughs> so
1: we do have a, a, a site that we're currently working on. We cannot give too much info about that. However, we are working on a little site as well, just to have a little ECD center, to have like a little small um, mobile clinic van in it as well. We are in the process of getting that done. However, the excitement of the launch just happened. We can't <laughs> keep giving you guys more info. No, you'll have to wait for that one. <laughs> okay you
0: are still tuned on sex talks podcast and if there's one thing i love about us is we make sure that we plug you with the relevant and most accurate information and still joining us in studio is karina eta giving us more information about the b Free youth campus so make sure to stay tuned and also if you are still in the middle or in the middle of the podcast watching it alone guys. Tell a friend. You can't be doing this on your own. So this then also well, is this, leads us into the next conversation as to We have various organizations that are also working in the area of SRHR and we appreciate the efforts that have been done and now there is the center that has much more resources and have much more younger people brought together. How can we then work together to ensure that all those young people and these organizations are working together to ensure that young people have access to SRHR because collaboration and partnerships is the key?
1: No, we, we are all about partnerships. We do not want to do this alone. We don't want to be taking all the credit because it's not about credit. It's about us helping the youth. So we are always open to more partners. Uh, during all our events and dialogues, we do always invite new partners as well to see what we're doing and how they can get involved. We have a lot of people who support us, especially with our events, the amount of sponsorships we've received. Even just for example, our recent Clean It Up campaign, um, City of Vintook so, so provided us with the, with the collection services, the rubbish bins, the, the gloves, they, they do a lot. A lot of our partners do a lot and don't even want the credit for it. So um, we, as, we are open to partnerships. We always tell people, please reach out to us for more partnerships. Um, they can usually just contact us on hello at oneeconomy.org the one is the is a number and not a letter. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> but yes, so we are very open to partners. We're in communications with various partners as well um, because what we want this to become is pretty much the benchmark. We want our youth campus to be the benchmark and then be taken out into different regions in order for us to... Um, reach more reach more people so even for example with the ministry ministry of sports we are in communication to be training um to be training youth officers on our b free youth campus toolkit so that they can take what we do here and take it to their um youth centers and at least do the same thing so that the message is spread across and not just in Vintuk.
0: wow fellow young people this is a chance for you to ensure that you are not working in solos and you're able to reach a broader a broader reach of young people. So please if you have any ideas and if you have ways through which you can collaborate with be free. Please reach out to Hello at One Economy. And remember, one is a number, not the other way around. So in terms of um, with the BeFree and ripping up the conversation, what are the hopes for the future for the uh, BeFree Youth Campus? So what do you envision and how what can young people expect? Because the expectations keep increasing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's the thing. What we hope for is just that this is the benchmark. This is the start, not the end. We don't want this to be another center that is going to be hyped up and taken care of for a month and then that's it. People forget about it. This want this to be the beginning, and we want it in every single region in this country. And we can only do that with help of partners, help of different sponsors and donors, but this is definitely just the beginning. We want the youth to be more empowered. We just want this to pretty much be the the new stable for the different regions.
0: Wow. Thank you so much for taking time be here with us Karina you have come to the end of our episode do you have any final concluding ma- remarks for young people that you so much empower through the various initiatives that you work with
1: I was like to say especially to my ambassadors you guys are amazing I've never met such a bunch of brilliant minds energetic brilliant minds that are willing to assist us in a heartbeat ambassadors we truly appreciate you all for those that are not members please next week monday come or come get your membership form come be part of this you can access any of our services if you are a member don't forget it's 13 to the age of 30 but we hope to see you all there
0: okay just before we wrap up the final question in terms <laughs> if you are above the age of 30 will you be sent back or is there a restriction that just says go back or is in a specific what is this, um Grace that can be extended to those that they really need the services?
1: It has to be 30, the rest will be on referral. Like I said, we're partners with a lot of people in the gender-based unit, um, UNAM, we're partnered with um, the hospitals, so we will be on a referral basis. However, we need to stick to our word. When we say it's for the youth, and we're ending it at 30.
0: <laughs> well, you have had it for yourself. And with that being said, we have come to the end of today's episode. That was episode five with Karina Ito from Be Free Youth Campus, specifically under the One Economy Foundation. Please do remember to engage with us via our various social media platforms, website, as well as major podcast streaming platforms, which are Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. And also... This is a chance to refer our podcast to one of your friends. And as you have heard from here, they are ensuring that you have the necessary services available for you in Windu. They are located at a multi-purpose use center, close to Katutura right? and you can be able to find their center there. They have mobile phones available in your local region, so when you see it, run to it. And for those that are in the regions that the campus is not there, we are going to employ you with the responsibility of making sure that you try to do something for the young people while the center is getting close to you. And for those at the various universities, especially at UNAM, we have a be-free, what is this, um, satellite, more of that, that can be able to assist you and make sure that you are linked to the necessary services that you may need. While as for other higher institutions of learning, be on the lookout or better yet, be part of those that actually bring the club to your university. And with that being said amigos adios oh no remember to make sure to run to the campus on the next week monday so i will make sure to remember to remind you on our social media pages to ensure that you are part of the members and you access the necessary information services and i am wrapping up this time not a